0: to the podcast and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you listening out there right now. I hope everyone has been enjoying this holiday season. Hopefully you guys have been able to spend it with family, friends, and loved ones. And uh, hopefully maybe you guys have had some time off of work as well. Um, But yeah, just uh, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas and, and thank you for joining me again on another episode of Backseat Directors. Today's episode is episode 49 and on today's episode, I am joined by Kevin Howe. Kevin is one of the co-creators and co-hosts on the Nerdy Things podcast. Kevin reached out to me just a little bit ago and asked to be on the podcast, and I am happy to oblige and have him as today's guest host. So let's go ahead and welcome Kevin to the show. Kevin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you here. You know, I, I, I don't remember when I discovered your podcast, um, and, and I'm going to give you a, a second here just to talk about your podcast and um, how you guys got that started and everything. But um, going back, uh, I, I came across your podcast, I believe, when I saw Alien Covenant uh, come out earlier this year. It was one of the, my most anticipated movies that I was so extremely excited for for 2017, and I. I it, it might be it it might be the movie I am most disappointed in in 2017. And so but there the movie was getting a lot of love and I'm like, "No, no, someone someone else has got to be out there that does not like this movie." And so I <laughs> I you know, I think it was maybe on Twitter, I saw maybe one of you guys, you know, posting, you know, you, you didn't like it as well. And so that was the first episode of the Nerdy Things podcast that I ever listened to.
1: Well, good. Um, I'm glad we agreed.
0: Yeah, no, I we. I, I mean, gosh, I I, <laughs> I connected instantly with your guys' review of Alien and it, But, but Kevin, <laughs> yeah, why don't why don't you uh, tell the listeners, um, you know, what the Nerdy Things Podcast is, how you guys got that going, and uh, and how, um, yeah, how they I guess they can reach out and uh, follow the Nerdy Things Podcast.
1: Yeah, sounds great. So, uh, Jules. Tim and myself are the three guys that run the Nerdy Things podcast. Uh, First couple of episodes were just me and Jules, and then we realized we needed something more. So we brought in my friend Tim. And we just talk about anything and everything nerdy we can find. We've done episodes on time travel, on the Nintendo Switch, video games, movie reviews. Uh, I mean, really, whatever comes across as nerdy or something that you're a fan of because you can nerd out about anything – we want to nerd out about it. And so every week we try to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I've, gosh, I, I I mean, ever since the Alien Covenant podcast, I, I've, I know I've listened to at least, oh man, at least 15 episodes of your guys's podcast. You guys do a great job. It's a weekly podcast too, right? So there's at least one episode every week.
1: Yeah, we put it out every Thursday morning. It's available anywhere you can get podcasts. So iTunes, Google, I think Stitcher, I, I don't know. I don't handle most of that. Um, but The gist of it is, yeah, we do a weekly and we do news every week to try to keep people informed on things they may not know about. And even if you do know, we give our take on it because we love and or hate a lot of things.
0: (laughs) Well said, man. Well said. And I I mean, and that's that's the beauty of of your guys's podcast. One, you guys have great chemistry. And two, you really don't hold back on, you know, your feelings about, you know, whatever the topic might be, you know, so if there's something you guys love. You know, you adamantly give praise. If there's something that you guys don't love, you you know, <laughs> you'll make sure that, the, <laughs> that your listeners know that you don't love it. But uh,
1: We but, will defend anything to the grave, though. There is no hill too petty for me to die on.
0: Yeah, so I am, you know, I'm reluctantly going to be listening to your guys' podcast on uh, on Star Wars the Last Jedi. I mean, we uh, we've had we've had a little bit of interaction on uh, on Twitter regarding um, you know, our our thoughts on the Last Jedi. But when when is that podcast going to drop it, it, or is it already available?
1: Uh, no, I'm actually about halfway through editing it right now. Uh, we recorded it at noon today. I hope it'll be ready for an 8:30 release uh, Eastern Time tomorrow morning, but I'm making no promises at this point.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's totally fine. By the time this episode drops and it's all edited and everything, uh, um, I, yeah, your guys's podcast will definitely be available, but yeah. And, 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 uh, Kevin, I'll give you a chance at the very end of the podcast as well, uh, you know, to give your plug on, um, all of your guys's social media outlets and, uh, how people can access your guys's podcast. But, um, so one, one last question though, are you guys, you Jules and Tim, you guys lifelong friends or how long have you guys known each other?
1: So I didn't know Jules before we started doing the podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, actually, we met on Reddit because I was doing another podcast with someone else that was a Stargate rewatch podcast called Chevron Locked. And I was like, oh my, I got the the bug. I got bit by the podcast bug. And I was like, I got to do another podcast. And I went on Reddit and there was this guy, Jules the Human, looking for someone. He wanted to be a co-host. And I was like, boom, I'm your guy. And we started, we did three episodes and then our fourth episode was on the new Nintendo Switch, which my friend from work, Tim, got. And so I went over to Tim's house and we recorded at Tim's house and I left my microphone at Tim's house and bought myself another mic. And we just kind of went from there. Tim was there every week after.
0: Nice. So Jules is the only one that, that I guess he's the remote call in. You and Tim record together with Jules?
1: No, we're all separate. So even though Tim and I are friends... Tim and I li- still live like an hour away from each other. Oh, okay. Even though we work together, I just commute a hell of a lot further. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we each record at at our homes, and then I just edit it all together.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Well, you guys have an excellent podcast. You guys have great chemistry. I mean, it honestly, it, it it's very surprising that you you and Jules met basically over over the internet i mean because it seems like you guys have been friends for a long time so kudos oh, to oh he's
1: you. such a nice guy he's like one of those like really affable is the best word for right,
0: it right <laughs> and,
1: and he's friends with everybody i love him
0: well it, it's a pleasure to have you on i'm glad that you reached out to me um you know i have had i've had i've had a few other podcasters come on um on the show but uh um you know you guys you guys run a great a great show you have a great platform great branding um you know your guys's logo and um just the nerdy things um Uh, um, just the colors and everything you guys have done just an excellent job. So just, yeah, I just want to make sure you guys know you have a fan of me.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I'll I'll let Jules know. He's the one that handles most of the graphics and such. He's, he's great.
0: Nice. Well, well done Jules. And uh, Jules and Tim, if you guys are listening, you guys are obviously welcome to come on the backseat directors podcast, whenever you guys want. So, uh, but Kevin, this is your time. And so for our listeners Mm -hmm. to get to know you, And to get to know what kind of movie fan you are, we're going to ask you the get to know you questions. Are you ready, sir?
1: I am. Now it's time for some get to
0: know you questions. All right. Question number one, Kevin. What is your desert island movie?
1: I would have to say it's Guardians of the Galaxy 1.
0: Nice, man. Nice. That's a first timer for a, um, a desert island movie answer. Tell us why.
1: you know that is definitely a movie i can watch over and over again i sing all the songs i can't stop myself like a close second would be moana but guardians wins out just because of how classic the songs in it are
0: (laughs) nice kevin i love it is is, (laughs) is is guardians of the galaxy your your favorite uh i guess mcu movie
1: uh it's it's a real like Probably it's it's a close tie between that Guardians two maybe Ant Man I mean it, it, it's tough to tell I I can't break it down for you right now it would take too long
0: Oh dude I love I love Ant Man so okay g- give me give me your top three MCU movies Can you do that real quick I'll give you mine <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah it's got to be Captain America two Nice uh, Winter Soldier Guardians yeah. yeah Guardians and and probably Iron Man one would have to be if I had to pick three yeah. to run away with, it would be those three.
0: Yeah, I just watched Iron Man, um, the first original two thousand eight Iron Man, just the other day. It's on Hulu, and uh, for some reason I don't own it, but I forgot how good that movie is. It's excellent.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. it really is, and it's it started it off right because it was its own story, and they didn't set up like thirty other stories in it. Right, DC.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It, you know, I think a lot of and and maybe people are used to it yet uh used to it now but a lot of MCU movies are pretty crowded you know i mean you had the captain america civil war but you call it a captain america movie and it's basically an avengers movie you know <laughs> oh it was it was
1: avengers you know 2.5 exactly
0: <laughs> okay kevin uh, what is your favorite movie theater snack for question number 2
1: oh it's a bunch of crunch every day of the week
0: nice man that I, my buddy daniel who just did the star wars review with me that was his that that is a uh, I think that is at least four people now that have said bunch of crunch on the podcast. Nice, nice, yeah. yeah. No, I I think I've had it once. I honestly think I've had it once, but uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go back out and try that stuff again. Now, do you? If mix- you
1: don't, I will mail you some.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna hold you to that. Now, do you mix? <laughs> do you mix it with like popcorn? It's kind of kind of that that chocolatey, salty aspect going on.
1: Sometimes, but I actually uh, I I happen to work at a movie theater that. Uh, well, I work at a furniture store, but it has a movie theater in it. And so I have oh, made friends nice. with the girls that work in the movie theater. And so I get <laughs> on there and get candy for snacks just about every day.
0: Nice, man. I love it. I love it. Okay. Question number three, what was the first movie that made you cry? And you do have the option if you can't remember, and it may have been a long time, Um uh, or maybe it was the last movie that made you cry. So either, or
1: uh wow the first movie that made me cry i could not remember but i cry like a baby i think the the most recent movie that made me cry was uh the disaster artist
0: really nice
1: yeah yeah i don't remember what it was in that but i think it was just like such a genuine movie such a weird like off the wall but i just i remember crying at something
0: during it genuine is probably the best way to describe that movie that movie that movie impressed me so much oh yeah no that was a phenomenal movie i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of maybe one of the more emotional parts in the movie um i mean maybe not to spoil anything but it maybe is toward the end when they had the premiere because that that was that was kind of rough on I, I think, yeah, just <laughs> watching
1: his face when he realized that it wasn't what he had, had envisioned right. and then just watching him roll with it was just, I don't know. It, it was something something else. It was something else.
0: Yeah, and a phenomenal movie. Phenomenal. Okay, question number four, Kevin. Do you have a favorite director and or actor?
1: I, You know what? I got to stick with the MCU. I got to tell you it's probably the Russo brothers.
0: Oh nice. That's that's a great choice. I don't think anyone has uh, selected the Russo brothers yet. You are the first. Good. So which Go ahead. which uh, do you have a favorite Russo movie?
1: Uh yeah, it's it's Captain America 2, uh Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah. Are they so and I haven't been keeping up uh I, I guess on all the MCU news, but are they slated to direct any up and coming ones?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of staying hands off on it because everything from them gets so spoilery that I just kind of want to hold off and, you know, not look too far ahead unless I have to for my other podcast.
0: <laughs> right, right. No, I, I, I think that's totally fair. I'm, I'm actually going to look this up on IMDb because you've piqued my interest. So let's see on director. Um, uh, oh, hey, post-production for Avengers Infinity War. I didn't I didn't realize sure. that they're, they're the directors for infinity war that shows you how much that I keep up on my Marvel news um, yeah no well yeah, yeah I, I guess uh, you know maybe maybe this might be you know they're they're creaming the crop or what they've been really waiting for to put their stamp on Hollywood
1: yeah I mean I knew they were doing that I think they might be doing Avengers for the infinity gauntlet oops it hasn't officially been named that yet but you know, it'll be, it'll be what it is.
0: Yeah. Now that's, I mean, cause be, Avengers infinity war, it's a two part, right? So we get part one in 2018 and we'll get part two in 2019.
1: Not really. It was originally part one and two, but they decided to cut it into two separate and distinct movies and not call it a part one and two because there's things that happen in between the movies oh, interesting. because we're going to get, we're going to get a Spider-Man movie right. shortly after the new Avengers movie. And so if, you know, like you know, Spider Man's going to live through that movie. Then you know it's going to like it. It would spoil things if it was a part one and two. Right,
0: so they're right. they're going
1: to try not to do that and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I guess that makes sense because, you, know, I mean, I think a lot of people are anticipating that not every Marvel hero is going to survive um the Infinity War, or at least this part one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would totally expect Spider-Man and any of the newer characters that have been more recently introduced. Obviously, we're going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy number three. So uh, maybe not every Guardian is going to survive. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's pretty exciting. I, I would imagine you guys are pretty excited. You, Tim and, and Jules are pretty excited for Infinity War.
1: Oh very much so yes, yeah it's gonna be great. I'm already I've already made my predictions I think I know who's gonna die spoiler alert it's everyone <laughs>
0: Yeah, man. I, I mean, and I, I'm, I want to ask you just off, offline, and once we're done recording, just because I am, I am interested to know. But since that is a little bit off topic, let's continue. Last <laughs> question, number Kevin, or sorry, <laughs> number five for Kevin. Kevin, if you could change the ending of any movie, which movie would it be, and how would you change it? And if there are spoilers, just let the listeners know.
1: All right. Well, you know what? I was originally going to get into Justice League, but I made a YouTube video about that, and I'm not going to start that again. It took me 17 minutes, and that was the third recording trying to cut it down. Oh. So instead, I'm going to say The Matrix, and I'm, or actually The Matrix series, and just go from there. Because Matrix 2 and 3 could have been different movies and could have been much better. The Matrix first movie was a great movie. Ended spectacular, had very few problems, very few plot holes, but I would change two and three because they just didn't understand their own story anymore.
0: <laughs> I think that is a perfect way to describe it. I, you know, The Matrix. Oh man, it might be in my top ten. That movie is a masterpiece. I mean, yeah, uh, it just a really once in a generation type movie. I mean, you know, you think about how iconic movies are like you know star wars or lord of the rings where people you know it creates fans for a lifetime the matrix man the matrix was such a good movie and so revolutionary on when it came out um but yeah i agree the 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 next two oh they fall so very far from the bar that the original matrix set so um is there anything specific that you would change regarding those two movies
1: well, yeah, the the main thing that sticks out and the one thing I would def, definitely retcon is that Neo should never be able to control the machines outside of the Matrix.
0: Oh, my and gosh, I, dude. They, they really painted themselves in a the corner with that one, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Honestly, it, it's even easily fixable by just explicitly stating at some point that he is officially still in the Matrix. He just thinks he's out and that that's the cycle of things. Right. That solves everything. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no, it's not happening.
0: So, I mean, were you were you pleased with how really the series was wrapped up? Did you did you like the ending? No. Yeah. I mean,
1: it wasn't it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't great. And it just didn't do what it could have set out to do.
0: It's just they're just different. They're all different movies. Like you think about the third one compared to the first. The third one is just an action movie. It's a sci fi action movie. It, it, oh, it really
1: is. There's nothing else to it. The first one was such a philosophical, mind-blowing movie. Yes,
0: yes. I, I <laughs> mean, I mean, the you know the closest thing that I think a lot of people maybe compare it to is Inception. You know, there's a lot of yeah. similarities within Inception and the Matrix. You know, but those movies, oh, I, oh man, the Matrix is so much better than the other two. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. No one has brought that up, and I I, I 100% agree with you. So. All right, man. Yeah, no, excellent, Kevin. Excellent. So, those are our get to know you questions. Uh, Let's move on uh, to introducing uh, the movie we will be reviewing. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So, our movie review today is on Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Movie details. Taking place directly one year after the events of the original 1995 Jumanji movie, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle takes us on a new and exciting adventure like never before seen. The Jumanji board game has evolved into something more modern, something more appealing to today's youth. Jumanji is now a video game. As the game lays dormant for two decades, it finds its way to the hands of four high school teenagers stuck in detention together. When boredom becomes too much for these teenagers to handle, Jumanji's drums begin to draw their attention to the video game. As each teenager selects the character to play in the video game, little do they realize that this will be a video game unlike any they've ever played before. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle had a a release date in US theaters on December 20th, 2017. It has a running time of 1 hour and 59 minutes, that does include credits as well. And it is rated PG-13 for adventure action, suggestive content, and some language. KidsInMind.com give Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle a 4 out of 10 for sexual content, a 5 out of 10 for violence, and a 4 out of 10 for profan- profanity. Okay, listeners, so to be honest, I, I actually didn't know what the movie was rated before I I, um, I went to go see it. Uh, and while writing up my notes for the podcast, I was surprised to find out that it was rated PG-13. Um, so the content of this movie, the, the, it kind of reminded me of you know those 90s movies. Um, kind of young adult movies that were rated PG and yet still had, you know, some cussing and some content that, you know, maybe was not, you know, super kid kid friendly. But like, think of like Heavyweights or Sandlot or something like that. Both those movies are rated PG. And yet, you know, those movies today would probably get a PG-13 rating. Um, But that's that's how I felt about Jumanji. Uh, You know, maybe it's not for super young kids, but I think, You know even kids uh, i I would say maybe 9 10 on up uh, would find the movie pretty funny and entertaining and even on those parts that, that do have sexual content um it's not done in a very crude way so if that counts at all for you guys so just just my two cents uh jumanji welcome to the jungle stars alex wolf as the teenage spencer and Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the video game Spencer. And I'm gonna go through each each of these characters because they do have their teenage self and then their uh, video game self. Um, uh, Sir Darius Blaine as the teenage fridge and Kevin Hart as the video game fridge. Madison Eisman as teenage Bethany and Jack Black as video game Bethany. That is right, I said Jack Black as the video game Bethany. Uh, Morgan Turner as teenage Martha and Karen Gillan as video game Martha. Also, Nick Jonas plays Alex, and uh, Ryze Darby plays Nigel. The movie is directed by Jake Kasdan, and Kasdan has his directorial name to quite a few comedy projects. Kasdan's first hit was the 1998 Zero Effect, starring Ben Stiller. And then in 2002, Orange County, that also starred Jack Black. In 2011, Kasdan directed maybe his most well-known movie, uh, called Bad Teacher, starring Cameron Diaz, Jason Segel, and Justin Timberlake. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle had a production budget of an estimated $90 million, and opening weekend in the US was very successful, especially going up against a a box office juggernaut like Star Wars The Last Jedi, but Jumanji opened up with more than $55 million here in the US, and after one week the global box office total sits just under $100 million. Uh, this is actually a pretty successful film for this time of the year, and like I said, going up against Star Wars, not an easy feat, but Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle has done fairly well. Okay, listeners, let's get on with this movie review. Backseat directors, movie review. Okay, Kevin, so let's jump into this movie review. So I, I don't I don't know when they officially announced this movie. It seems like it was I mean, I'm sure probably people knew about it, you know, or I guess earlier than this year, but I didn't really know about it until this summer. Um, and when it came, at least when I saw the trailer and it was announced, I was like, you got to be kidding me. But um, tell me, tell me what your thoughts were leading up to this movie. Was this a movie you were uh, really excited to see? Or was this just a movie that, uh, you know, just kind of one of those kind of movies?
1: I mean, this kind of, this was a movie that, I loved the original Jumanji. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters with my dad. Uh, you know, I would have been about 15, I think, at the time. Um, it was 95 that the original came out. Robin Williams was amazing, and wow. so to ha- to hear that they were rebooting it, I i kind of felt happy with that. It was such a campy movie, but it was it was aware that it was a campy movie, and. I appreciate that in a movie. And so if they could capture that in the sequel, I knew I'd be happy.
0: Yeah. So I, man, 1995, because that is when the original one came out. I I think I would have been 11 or 12 when that came out, but I love that movie. That movie is a very nostalgic movie for me. You know, there's just, there's certain movies that, you know, you rewatch in your adult years and it just, it brings back a flood of memories. Jumanji is definitely one of those for me, and I agree with you I, it, because with with Robin Williams' performance in that movie, he is not he's not his, you know, comedic self in that movie. This is not Mrs. Doubtfire Robin Williams. You know, he's not silly, he's not goofy. He has actually has a very serious tone about him in that original movie, and I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it.
1: He had the weight of the decades he'd been trapped yes, on him. Yes. I mean, he was still funny. He still said funny things, he still emoted funny, but you could feel that. Like he was such a good actor in that.
0: Yeah, no, and there was there was definitely a weight to that movie because it deals with a lot of uh, really uh, relationship type issues through the movie because, you know, so Robin Williams plays Alan Parrish, you know, who's a part of the Parrish shoe factory dynasty or whatever it is, you know, I think his dad was like, you know, made his money from shoes and whatnot. But, um, um, you know, he had, he had this really poor relationship with his dad that he carried into uh, the, the game. And then even when he exited the game, you know, he has this kind of weird relationship with, um, with Peter. You know, so it w- through the movie, you know, he's like yelling at Peter and getting mad at Peter and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I became my dad." Like there are, it's it's like heavy stuff for a, for a kids' movie. And, yeah. and and I think that's what makes the original Jumanji a really rewatchable movie. Uh, do you remember the last time the um that you saw that original Jumanji? Uh, I was probably like 3 years ago. Uh I was on
1: TV, I just happened to catch it and I, I of course sat down and watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah, so I think I saw it about a couple years ago. I knew it was on Netflix and um my wife who was my girlfriend at the time. Um I, I remember watching it at her apartment. That was the last time I'd seen it, but uh um yeah, so um I you know with I I didn't I didn't understand what the movie was if it was supposed to be a reboot I I guess technically a reboot of the movie or if it was a sequel. Did you did you know that this was ultimately a sequel of the original movie?
1: Yeah, I did. It It was, I don't know, something in the marketing said that. And they. I knew that they were doing a tribute to Robin Williams and they were going to show some of his influence on this world. And I think they, I, I, I liked it. You know, I liked that idea. I liked the thought that they were going to pay homage to uh, Robin Williams himself.
0: Yeah, so I guess fill me in. Was there anything specific that... Uh, because I didn't know that, so I wasn't necessarily paying attention to anything within the movie that was going to be kind of paying tribute to what Robin Williams was. I mean, there was kind of, and this is, I guess, a minor, minor spoiler, but you know, there is that scene where it, it's, you know, you go to Alan Parrish's yeah uh, home. So is that yes. is, is that what you're kind of talking about?
1: That is, yeah he he built that treehouse, that fort, whatever it is, and was booted out of the jumanji world right basically one year before the the one of the characters from this round gets caught in it so yes it was that and and also there's a question that is a little bit spoilery that i want to ask that may also tie into him but we'll save that for now
0: okay cool okay so i mean so it sounds like you were looking forward to the movie then
1: yeah i was
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. So, my, I mean, personally, my expectations were really low. It, it, it um, you know, The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, he's doing, he's doing a lot of movies these days, and a lot of them have been better from kind of his previous ones, like, um, I'm just trying to think back, like the babysitter and other kind of, you know, just kind of those family cheesy type movies and things like that. And, and uh, um, but I, I was hopeful. I think I was hopeful just because I like the cast. I like that we are going to see Jack Black, um, also Kevin Hart. And you know, this is not the f- first movie that Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson have been together. Um, I think they did that. Uh, uh, what was that movie? It was like the the CIA movie. I, I didn't see it. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
1: Central Intelligence, which yes. was a fantastic movie and if you haven't seen it you need to
0: okay so see that that's what a lot of people were telling me or at least those that i was talking to about jumanji and they said that that both kevin hart and dwayne johnson had excellent chemistry in that movie yeah definitely yeah so okay so you and i we just both saw the movie today so what would you think what was your first impression
1: i loved it i thought it i thought it was great it did everything i was hoping it would do it was campy but it knew it and it was so funny I I can't imagine it going any other way.
0: Nice, nice, man. Yeah, so, and, and I'm happy you liked it. I mean, at least, especially just because you were looking forward to it. I, I mean, um, goodness knows we, uh, uh, me personally, I let expectations really, really get in the way sometimes on h- how much I enjoy a movie. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to go into this movie just really not expecting anything. And I, I did come away pleasantly surprised and pleased with the movie. I enjoyed it. And I think. You know, I think uh, anybody that goes to to see this movie or if they have uh, kids or kind of the more teenager age kids, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this movie. So, um, okay, so let's I guess let's just kind of talk about, um, you know, so this movie, it it is it is a technically it is a sequel of the original Jumanji. Um, I didn't catch this part, though, in the movie, you know, in the very early scenes, it shows a guy. Who picks up the original board game, the Jumanji board game? Um, He finds it on a beach. He hears the drums. He takes it back. How does that board game turn into the video game? Because that is now the new premise of the Jumanji game. It is no longer a board game, but it is a video game console.
1: Yeah, it was magic. Um.
0: I mean, because so I, I you know I. I, I thought i maybe miss something. I thought maybe I, I was grabbing some popcorn, a handful of popcorn and I missed something on how that happened. So, so th- this, yeah, like
1: the matrix is a bit of a, a point w- in the movie where I think the people making it either didn't understand what they were, were getting at or just missed a step because <laughs> they did show him, put the game down next to his bed and then, He hears the drums from Jumanji and he looks over and the board game is still there. Now there's video game controllers on it that apparently aren't related to it in any way. He moves them off, opens up the game box, and inside is a cartridge that fits his video game console. So he put that cartridge in the console. So it's that the board game itself transmuted into this cartridge. Okay. But then the kids at the school, when they find it the console itself has a gem like the board game did. Right. So I'm really confused what happened there. And I think that the people that make this movie are confused as well.
0: (laughs) And I mean, Hey, that's fair. I mean, we're already talking about a board game, you know, that will suck a person (laughs) into the game so they can live in, you know, the Jumanji jungle itself. So, you know, maybe we'll give a pass on that just because, yeah, this is someone in the realm of fantasy. So, um, um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I thought I had missed something And that. And I mean, that's not really, I don't know if that's like a huge, you know, deal breaker for you. It's not really for me. I don't, I, I, I wasn't no. like too interested in knowing like how that actually happened, but, um, okay. So, you know, so we have this group of kids, um, they they all go to the same. I, I'm a, i am I think it's a high school, you know, yeah. I, I know, uh, um, <laughs> Spencer Spencer looks his age he looks to be 15 or 16 however though his childhood friend who is now a huge football player who they call the fridge um, looks to be like he's maybe 30 so that kind of threw me off but you know these four kids they go to the same high school they all get in trouble they end up in detention together and then they find the Jumanji video game console right Um, and then they get sucked in they have to play the game you know and so the the movie itself it has similarities to the original Jumanji, but it's kind yeah. of the reverse opposite. So instead of seeing how Jumanji comes into the real world, we see what it's like for them to enter into the Jumanji world of the game. So, um, I guess overall, with the movie, or tell me what the uh, what you did not like about the movie, or some of the critiques that you have.
1: So it's if this is the same world that Al- Alan Parrish was pulled into in the first movie then why didn't uh, Alex age in this movie when he was trapped in there for 20 years or whatever? Because it, if time is weird, then Alan wouldn't have aged. And if time isn't weird, then Alex should have. It's Again, I think they kind of missed something in that. Uh, and, you know... I just wish that they had addressed that a little bit.
0: Man, that's, that's – dude, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually didn't even – that didn't even dawn on me. But that totally makes sense because, yeah, I, I mean, you meet, you meet Alex in the very beginning. Um, he's a teenager and then he's mm-hmm. trapped in there for 20, 21 years. And, yeah, he looks pretty much the same.
1: I mean the only explanation I had for that was that it is sort of through the layer of the video game. So you chose a character. And the video game character doesn't age, so he didn't age. I'm willing to give it a pass. I, I can explain it away in-game and move on with my life.
0: So, and you know what, that that actually brings up something interesting. So if you remember from the first movie, you know, when, when they finally, um, they beat the Jumanji game, everything yeah. gets sucked back into the game. It basically resets time and life itself. So Alan Parrish ends up going back to his childhood when him and his friend are playing the game and he's, he's a kid again. Um, and then they wait, you know, they wait 40, 30 or 40 years, however long it is to meet the next kids, uh, Peter. And I can't remember his sister's name. Um, Kristen Dunst. (laughs) Um, it's, they don't, they don't, the kids didn't seem to remember Alan and his friend. Did you do you do you remember that? Am, am I kind of recalling something that might not? Uh, I, I guess might be too hazy to remember.
1: Yeah, you know what? I don't remember. It, it, as I said, it has been a couple of years since I saw the end of the movie. I don't remember if they they went back. I think the kids did remember him.
0: Okay, okay. Because I and I only bring this up. And and again, this is probably a minor spoiler. I think most people are only going to assume that they you know they beat the game. Um, there is no cliffhanger in this movie, so, um, uh, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to make another Jumanji, but, um, you know, so when they come out of the game, everybody remembers everything. And so, uh, yeah, that wasn't something I thought about, but just you bringing that up in terms of how time is, you know, very, very, uh, inconspicuous, I guess, within these movies, uh, just made me think of that. But, um, what else, what else did you not like about the movie?
1: Uh, I didn't like that we had another Van Pelt because Bobby Cannavale, um, you know the the love child of Brad Garrett and uh, uh, the guy who played the Phantom there, uh, Billy Zane, uh, was the bad guy in the in the reboot here. This reboot sequel, rebootquel, right. and I mean that that was Van Pelt was in the original movie as well, but he was that like quintessential you know tough guy Teddy Roosevelt pith helmet hunter. And this guy was just a a leather jacketed motorcycle wearing badass.
0: And oh, I, my gosh, man, you are you are remembering things that it that never dawned on me that that is meant to be. He's the same. I mean, technically, he is the same antagonist. He's it's the right. same guy.
1: Right. Oh, exactly. Okay. And so he's chasing them down. In the original, he was a hunter. He's looking to kill all the creatures and blah blah blah. And you know, weird game. In this, he's looking to steal a gem that may or may not give you control over animals because he stole it and he can control the animals. And then whenever anybody else touches it, he can still control the animals. And then they put it back and he turns into a pile of rats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was something that was a little bit confusing just because it seemed, (laughs) it seemed that anyone that was in possession of the crystal kind of became um, entranced by its power. Um, But Obviously, that's not how it happened because the the group of four kids they carry the crystal throughout most of the movie, and it has no effect on them whatsoever. So maybe right. maybe that's just within the storyline of the video game, you know. So right. it's like it can only affect Van Pelt or something. But uh, maybe no, that's that's a good point though. That's a really good point because um, yeah, you think about you think about the gravity of I, I guess the game itself and what it meant to the original jumanji cast you know you're being hunted like that that is that is the game right. the game is survival you are being hunted by a human with a very large gun and this one this one it was basically just don't fall off a cliff don't get run over by a rhino and put the jewel back where it belongs you know right so maybe... i mean they
1: were being hunted by a bunch of stupid npc humans <laughs> It was more like a horde of zombies because they were so incompetent. Right. Um, right. You know, and then the question that I, I wanted to ask earlier, but was kind of spoilery. Yeah, So they, they, when they find the snake and they go through the test to find the missing piece, which was like a triple red herring in this movie that you could smell from a mile off, uh, they open the, the basket, the snake comes out at the bottom of the basket is a piece from the game. That's an elephant wrapped in a note that says, when you see me start climbing. Right. So where did the piece from the game, from the board game come from? Was that from Alan Parrish? And if so, why would he know to tell them to start climbing when they see the elephant? And if it wasn't from him, where did it come from? <laughs> and if- If it was from him, where did he get a piece from the game? Because his game piece was still on the board and no one could move it. So Ah. I just, I smell BS here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think so too. And that, I I did recognize that in the movie when I saw that, that basically little, um, I, I don't know, whatever that, you know, elephant was made of the stone or jade or whatever. Um, I, I did, I did think back to, oh, this must be, a piece from the board game. Cause it looked like it. I mean, it looked like it belonged to the board game, but yeah, how it ended there, who put it there, how that was influenced. I have no idea whatsoever. Um, yeah. And also that kind of reminds me because this is the same scene cake, cake, cake? What, what, what was that? All about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that. I mean, I guess it was kind of a funny scene having that be fridges, um, weakness is cake but i thought that was so random that was so so random
1: no and having the other guy the the pilot alex's weakness be mosquito bites and have him live in the jungle (laughs) it's beyond ridiculous i know i'm sorry yeah you're not gonna live an hour let alone months according to subjective time, but 20 years outside.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can have a hundred percent deed. I don't care how many cans of off spray you have. You, you are not going to avoid 100% of all the mosquitoes in a freaking jungle.
1: (laughs) You are dead, sir. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Especially when it just, it just takes one mosquito. That's all it is. One mosquito, not a swarm of mosquitoes, just one, just one. (laughs) But
1: I, I loved when he got bit and Bethany gave him her life. Yeah. I thought, that that was sweet like that fit it worked I could you know feel my heart go out to him for this and she was becoming more human like there was a lot of growth with these characters in this movie
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely and I think I I think that there there really is a lot to like so I'll I'll tell you my this is really my biggest critique of the movie and it was something that I think it, it kept me from really really enjoying the movie but i felt that the so the movie the movie in the beginning has a really good pace to it i think the pacing you know when you meet the kids the kids get sucked into the game they're you know figuring out what the heck happened to them and who they are and how to play the game and i thought that was very fun and very cool to see um but it just after that each scene takes a long time to develop and there was a lot of kind of standing around and discussing and talking and figuring things out. And, and it, it, it was just kind of every scene after every scene, it was just it, it, the development time to get to the point of the scene. It, it just, it takes a long time. So I think if you're, you know, if you're a listener, just interested in going to see the Jumanji movie, um, that, that is something that I, I experienced within the movie itself. I don't know if that's something you felt, but, um, so I, I just, at certain times I, I was just kind of like, okay, you guys know what to do. Go do it. You know, don't, don't keep frolicking around and, uh, you know, learn to flirt and, and then waste my then, time and yours and i mean it's so and it's not that the scenes don't have a point they all have a point and it leads to a specific point it just the development of each scene each scene just seemed like it took longer than necessary and so i felt like that 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 kind of it was a detriment to the pacing of the movie and that the movie could have been really fun, a little bit more fast paced and you would have felt like the progression was, you know, always moving forward. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that really is my biggest critique. I mean, aside from, yeah, I mean the obvious plot holes and other things like that, that I think I can easily look over just because this is a, a, a movie about getting sucked into a video game, which is totally fine. <laughs> right. Um. That, that was probably my biggest critique. And so um. in, and, and overall, overall, I think, it was just kind of that pacing and just like, okay, let's, let's, where are we going? Let's see what this is going to lead to. Um, that, that was probably the thing that kept me from really, really enjoying the movie. But, um, okay, let's, let's talk about some of your highlights. What are the things that you, you you enjoyed the most? I know you were just talking about kind of the character development and things like that.
1: Yeah. But I loved the way that they used the tropes of the video games to win. You know, when, when Maui threw, uh, Kevin Hart out of the helicopter, and used that <laughs> we, like action, <laughs> for the rhinos to go and get the gem.
0: Right. Like, right.
1: It's, it's a video game life. Right. You've, you know, yeah, that's fine. That works. You're, you're saving the rest of you by sacrificing one out of three lives. And when they repeated that at the end, when Nebula, you know, killed herself <laughs> to, to get the gem to Maui, and he didn't even try to save her, he just tried to save the gem. Right. Perfect. That's video game logic for you right there. Right. You know, like that is how someone who plays video games would do that. Right. Uh, there was a personal story. Uh, I'll tell it quick. I went paintballing once when I was in college. The, my entire floor in college was computer science nerds. And we went and we were paintballing against a team of military guys. And we kept winning because we were not afraid to get hit. Because we knew that we'd come back because it's a game. Meanwhile, these guys are like rolling around trying not to get hit, and every time we'd pin them down and destroy them. Same mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and especially just because Spencer. You know, even though Spencer became end up becoming, um, uh, what was his name? Um, brave. Was it Bravestone? Uh, yeah. So yeah I, I think- yeah I I'm, I'm on the IMDB page and it just says Dwayne Johnson's character is, is Spencer but I was trying to remember his video game character or aka Maui. When Spencer becomes Maui <laughs> um <laughs> he you know he begins to rely on his real life I guess strengths and that he he knows video games you know and not, not none of the other kids you know were familiar with video games and therefore he not just because he was the rock in the movie um but yeah I mean he was able to you know, I I guess become more accustomed to his surroundings more quickly just because, yeah, that was a part of his strengths. And I like that. I I thought that was kind of, you know, I I think one of the funniest parts of the movie was when they figure out how to show the list of their strengths and weaknesses. That was pretty clever. I I really like that part.
1: No, I like that. and But I liked also that you could watch him grow even when it was Maui playing the younger kid because he's he kept saying, like, I'm not brave. But it wasn't anyone else doing these things it was him still putting himself in danger and acting like a because he thought he was more brave when he was maui than when he was a small child
0: right and Uh, and it
1: wasn't that wasn't true it was just him acting so seize it and and to watch him grow and do that in this movie was great
0: yeah and and really just going back again to what you said about character growth uh, i think it's it shows each one of them um, really well, and how they're able to um, one come to come together, band together, use their strengths together in order to you know win the video game. Um, but I one of the my favorite dynamics of of the movie itself was um, Martha and um, Bethany's character. You know, so Bethany is you know the popular pretty girl. Martha is more the introvert. Um, I guess. Uh, nerd girl. I mean, I guess you can call her a nerd, but you know, she enjoys academia more than taking pictures and posting them on Instagram. Um, but how Martha, Martha was really intimidated by Bethany and she, she was really hard on her and Bethany was trying to figure out why the heck are you so judgy? You know, she's like, why, why do you always jump to conclusions? Like, you know, me, and, uh, and vice versa, how Bethany began to encourage Martha, uh, you know, to come out of her shell and whatnot, but I really enjoyed those dynamics. And I think it does a really good job, especially, especially if you're a younger viewer in the audience, these are going to be a lot of things that you relate to and understand about these character dynamics. And I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that completely.
0: So, uh, what about, uh, <laughs> what do you think about Jack Black, uh, playing Bethany, <laughs>
1: I think he was spectacular. Like he was he was full Jack Black in this. And it's not often that that I like full Jack Black. You know, he's he's often over the top. I think he was amazing in School of Rock. I think he was terrible in Nacho Libre. I'm kind of confused about about the upcoming Polka King movie for Netflix that's got him in it. But it's Jack Black and he just played it so perfectly. Like he captured a, a teenage girl
0: <laughs> trapped trapped in a middle-aged overweight man's body <laughs>
1: right i mean this is the first time in history i ever thought i'd say the phrase jack black captured a, a, a teenage girl and i didn't mean something else <laughs>
0: I, for me, he was the highlight actor of the movie. I, I really enjoyed all of the actors. I thought Kevin Hart did an excellent job, and even Karen Gillan. Um, I, yep. I, I thought they were very, very good. Um, but yeah, Jack Black he was definitely the highlight of the movie. You know, the the comedy within the the movie itself. You know, maybe maybe not necessarily for like the youngest of viewers. What, what is this movie no. rated? Is it P Oh, it is PG 13. Okay. Well, I, right. I actually thought it was PG, but um, maybe in the, in the nineties, this would have been a PG movie just because in the nineties, we weren't so uptight about certain things. But um, I, I I thought the movie was, uh, the comedy was tasteful, even though there is some sexual innuendo. I mean, if you think about a teenage girl being trapped in a middle-aged man body and, you know, she, uh, um, it's just, I thought it was very tasteful and I thought it was funny and I thought it flowed. I liked it.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, where your mind goes first is exactly where they went. It wasn't anything amazing, but it was still really funny to watch them explore it.
0: Yeah, no, I really liked it. So, Um, well, Kevin, anything else you want to add about, I I guess what you liked about the movie or anything, any last words that you have?
1: Uh, you know what? I did like how they captured the board game aspect in the video game itself. Like, you see it a little bit in the map, and then it's really made clear when the camera pulls away when they're coming back to the real world that the paths and roads on the island form the same shape as the road in the board game.
0: Kevin, man, you, are, you paid attention to details in this movie. I'm impressed, man. I did not even realize that either.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it really – I think that they did a good job. I think this was – a movie that was made by someone who wanted to make this movie and not a movie that was made because someone realized they still owned the rights to it and just, you know, shoved it on whoever wanted it.
0: No, I think that's a great point too, because too often does that happen within studios who own properties like this. And they know, they know it's a beloved movie. They know it, you know, it has a following even years and years after the, the original has been out. Oh yeah. And and I agree. I, I think the, the intent of this movie was not, you know, necessarily, you know, to play off the brand of Jumanji itself was, but, but yeah, to create a good, fun movie.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, Kevin, you ready for our last segment? That is our recommendation. I am. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and give the listeners our recommendation.
1: Our recommendation.
0: So Kevin, on backseat directors, um, and I'll let you give it a rating too because I know you guys give ratings on your podcast. So if you'd like to give a rating, I don't, I don't do ratings on this one. So nope, uh, I'm I'll not leave- going
1: to give a rating on this. Then we're good.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. That, I, again, I was going to leave that up to you, but um, so um, so our recommendation is just a three scale. It's either a go see it, like you you loved it, you think people should go out and see it. Um, it was a maybe wait, uh, meaning you you enjoyed it. You think it's worth seeing at least once, but don't rush to the theaters to go see it. Or it's a no-go. So what is your recommendation for our listeners?
1: Oh, it's a that's a no-brainer. Go see it.
0: Nice, man. Nice. And give us, I guess, maybe give us your reasons on why people should go see it at this holiday, this holiday season.
1: It was fun. It was sweet. It was, for the most part, family-friendly. It had a good message. It wasn't violent. I can't recommend it any more highly.
0: Nice, Kevin. I like it. I like it. Um, I I don't think I love the movie as much as you, but I did enjoy it, and I'm glad I did go see it. And 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 I do think it is worth seeing at least once. I mean, maybe for those who were, you know grew up like in the era that we did, and you loved Jumanji with Robin Williams. I, I think my recommendation for that crowd, especially for those who you know who have nostalgia uh, associated with Jumanji, go see the movie. Absolutely, go see it. Um, uh, my recommendation is I'm going to say just to maybe wait, but I do think it is at it is definitely worth seeing at least once, or maybe like a matinee or something like that. But um, well, Kevin, thank you for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Andre. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm very happy that this worked out. I'm happy that we were able to have you on. Um, And why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know how they can reach out to you on social media or follow the Nerdy Things Pod and how they can listen to your guys' podcast.
1: Yeah, the best way to get me is probably through the podcast itself. So if you need to say anything to me at Nerdy Things Pod on Twitter, uh, Nerdy Things Pod on Facebook, Nerdy Things Pod at gmail.com, just type in nerdy things pod something will come up and you can yell at that that's us
0: Yeah and, I, and absolutely I mean I totally recommend your guys' podcast you guys, you guys have a great time on the podcast You guys are well versed And definitely you know When you go on the podcast you guys Know what you're talking about It's not just banter or anything like that um, So yeah so again Kevin thank you so much And listeners thank you so much for listening To our episode um, And movie review of Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle um, Thanks for tuning in Make sure to stay up to date with the Backseat Directors podcast and follow us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Stitcher, and any other podcast outlet you guys may subscribe to. Please leave us a rating. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And on behalf of Kevin of the Nerdy Things Pod, um this is Andre at Backseat Directors, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Adventure, animation, and comedy There's sci-fi and westerns
1: and classics Documentaries, uh, so many options So
0: much variety There's a perfect movie for you And him and her and me uh. So find your seat In the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet And turn off your phone